In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Well, it's been a little while since we've heard from Ole and Lena up there in Mankato, Minnesota. And uh, this uh, could be a story that I've told you before. Uh, if you've heard this before, pretend to be interested. Ole was the pastor of the Lutheran Church up there at Mankato, and Lena was the pastor's wife. And Lena says to Ole one day, she says, You know, Ole, we got that 25-year class reunion coming up, and I got to get something to wear for that. He says, what about that stuff in the closet? You could wear some of that. Ole was a little tight-fisted. And Lena says, oh, Ole, you can't, you can't wear that stuff. I mean, every, we don't see these people very often, and, you know, you got to have something a little bit nice. Well, I think them are pretty nice in there. But she ignored that, and she didn't go to the big box store in the area. She decided to go up to the cities, to the little boutique up there. And they had some wonderful things in there. And she was enthralled with them until she looked at the price tag on one of them. And she said, holy cow, if Ole sees this, he'll pop a gourd. And she was about to walk out. But then, then, then she saw it, the little black dress over there in the corner. She tried it on. It was perfect. It was like it was made for her. It did everything that my mother, Lois Risman, said that a good garment should do for a woman. Accentuate the best and hide the rest. It did that for her. It was just outstanding. And so she was tempted and she succumbed and she bought it despite the price. And she took it home and she thought, well, maybe if I model this for Pastor Ole, he'll be so enthralled that he won't remember to ask me about the price, which was sheer folly because that's the first thing he asked. How much did that cost me then? Well, yeah, it was a little spendy, she said, but, you know, I mean, uh, it, you know, this is a special thing, and besides, it fits so nice. And then she decided to play the religion card, since it was Pastor Ole, and she said, and, and while I was there, the devil just whispered in my ear. He said, oh, Lena, that dress looks so nice on you. And Ole says, you know what you got to do in them situations? You got to say, get thee behind me, Satan. She says, yeah, Ole, I did that. And he said, oh, Lena looks really good from back here. <laughs> Temptations. Temptations are things that we all face. They are things that the Lord faced. Jesus faced temp three temptations. He had just finished. He was baptized. He was led out into the wilderness by the Spirit. He fasted. Didn't eat anything for 40 days. So he was a, little, a, a bit peckish, a little hungry. And the devil came to him. The first temptation was about that. And he said, you know, if you are the Son of God kind of implying, but I don't think you are. But, you know, if you are the Son of God, why don't you just turn these stones into bread? Good idea. You're hungry. You could do it. And yeah, he could. But Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. And then he took him up on a high mountain. He said, look, look at all this. All of this is, is mine to give. I'm in charge of all this. And, uh, and I can give it to whoever I want. And I'll give it to you. All you got to do is just worship me. And he said, you shall worship the Lord your God. And him only shall you serve. And then the devil took him up on the temple and he said, just, just throw yourself off. I mean, after all, the angels will catch you. You're not going to get hurt. And it'll be a good show and you'll be famous. And that'll, that'll, be, that'll go well. And he said, uh, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And then it says the devil left him until a more opportune time. I'm thinking maybe the Garden of Gethsemane when he was sweating blood. That would have been an opportune time devil left him. Temptations are things that look good on the surface. They always start out looking good. 
If they started out looking bad, we wouldn't fall for it. So I'm not tempted, for example, to take a two-pound hammer and hit myself in the head to see how it feels. I kind of know how that's going to turn out. I'm not tempted to run my car off a cliff just to see if it you know, crumples well at the bottom. I, I've got that figured out, too. We're not, we're not tempted with... They've got to be a little slicker than that. Temptations are things that look on the surface good, but carry within them the seeds of destruction. When the first man and first woman were in the Garden of Eden, the woman looked at the fruit, probably a date palm, and said, it would look good to eat. If it didn't, she wouldn't have been that tempted. And if it didn't promise that she would be like God, she wouldn't have been tempted. It seemed like a good thing. It always seems like a good thing. When I worked in the drug alcohol treatment center, using drugs, alcohol, gambling, sex, iPhones, food addiction, you know, whatever your addiction is, it always looks good on the front end. And and no big secret to me as to how people get into drug alcohol usage. It's because they work for a while. And the second part of that's very important. Because when they stop working, they stop solving problems, and they start causing problems, by then it's already too late. You're already dependent. But it always looks good on the front end. So we're tempted by those kinds of things, that, but they also carry within them the seeds of destruction. We're not tempted by healthy things or good things that we should be doing. Like, you know, we don't say, well, I was tempted to eat a real well-balanced diet for breakfast this morning, but thank God they showed up with the donuts. You know, I, I was able to get over that feeling of having a healthy... No, we don't say, that's what we're supposed to do. We don't say, well, I was tempted to stay faithful to my wife, but fortunately that new receptionist is hot. And so, I, you know, we, no, no, we're not tempted to do good things like that that we're supposed to do. It's only other things that look good, but they turn out to be ruination and destruction. So, I don't know what your temptations are. I know that I have fought my temptations many times and have won. And I have fought my temptations many times and have lost. I don't know what yours are. Jesus had three, those three things. Bread, power, fame. Well, bread doesn't just mean ground up wheat you put in the oven. That means all material possessions, all appetites are satisfied. Including food, possessions, stuff, sex, everything. That's bread. We even say that in English. I'd like to buy that new truck, but I just don't have enough bread for that. So it's a broader term than that. And then the, the power. Uh, who doesn't like power and control? I mean, that, that's, that's a big thing in our culture. And then fame. And if you don't know that we are enamored with fame, then apparently you don't have a television set or you don't turn it on because we have things like, uh, um, you know, the best and uh, America's Got Talent and... Here's one for spiritual purposes, American Idol. <laughs> Lest you think we're not into worshiping that. And if we don't have talent, you know, we can still go for fame because you, you can do something stupid and be famous. Jerry Springer, Maury Povich at all. And you can get your 15 minutes of fame looking ridiculous and being stupid. So, yeah, those are things that we're interested in. That, that we can't do the things Jesus could have done, those three things, but we can do things like them and be tempted with things like them. 
The other part is that it said that uh, the devil left him until a more opportune time. When are more opportune times? I think they're on both ends of the scale. One is when things are going poorly for us. When, when we lose people we care about, when our job stinks, when our friends betray us, when you know, our health is going bad. I, I think those are temptation times. Uh, for example, in the 12-step program, Recovering Alcoholics, they have an acronym for this. It goes, it's called HALT, H-A-L-T. That stands for don't get too hungry, too angry, too lonely, or too tired. Because if you do, temptation is there and you will relapse. Halt. Don't do that stuff. But for me, and I don't know, maybe it's this way for you, for I'm, I'm, I'm not as bad with temptations when things are going poorly, when it, tough luck, bad stuff. I'm, I'm worse with temptations when things are going well. When things are going swimmingly well, I am tempted to not have to call on the Lord. I'm doing pretty good as a God myself. When things go well, I have trouble. And I don't know, you can check this out for yourself. But I think on either end of the scale, temptations are lurking there. However, we don't have to fall for temptations. Temptations are just temptations. The devil cannot take us by the scruff of the neck and make us sin. He can just make it look real good. And then we decide to. We don't have to. We don't have to fall for it. Jesus didn't fall for it. And the reason he didn't, even though he was physically famished and hungry, he was spiritually full. And that's why he did well. He was able to take care of the temptations and the tests that the first man and woman could not and that we can't. Like being, being tested like a piece of, like my nephew who's a mechanical engineer. Metals are tested to find out if they can bear the weight. Jesus was tested Guess what? He can bear the weight. He can bear the weight of our sin and the fact that we don't withstand temptations. He can bear the weight, and he does. And so when temptations come, if we are spiritually full, they're not much of a temptation. They don't matter to us. It's when we're empty that it happens. So, Temptation Sunday as it's known, or sometimes this Sunday is called Devil Day or Satan Day, Temptation Sunday, it doesn't have to be a big deal for us if we're spiritually full. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.